How's it going, Royal Nation? My name is Jake Williams. And my name is Tristan Fleur, and we're here with the Royal Download Podcast, available now wherever podcasts are sold. Exactly, yep. We're super excited for that, and today we are finally interviewing a student athlete. We've been talking about doing that for a while, but today we're here with senior Grant Wilson. So how about you introduce yourself, Grant? Hi, I'm Grant. I run cross-country and track here at HSE. I'm a senior and next year I'll be running at Xavier University. All right, pretty cool. So track season is here right now, am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, how um, how excited are you for the start of this season? Oh, I'm really excited. I've, it's been a long winter. I've just been itching to get out there with my best friends and teammates. Just We have big plans this year. We worked really hard over the winter, and I think we'll have a great season. All right, that's pretty good. So... Uh, You've already had one meet so far, right? Uh, so, it wasn't for the school, but it's just right, like a yeah. Ross Buster Club meet. All right, yeah, that's pretty cool. So uh, when is your first meet coming up? Our first meet will be next Saturday, March 2nd. Um, it's just a indoor meet with a few events that are like mostly sprint events. There will be like two distance events that I'll be in one of them. All right, yeah, so uh, question how have you improved this offseason? What are you hoping to bring to the team this year? And This offseason, I've um, upped my mileage by about 10 miles per week, which is um, about a 20% increase for me, so that was pretty big for me. Um, I've focused on getting a lot stronger with like my core and my upper body and glutes just to help maintain like my running form and to help me just stay consistent and injury-free. Right, yeah, so... This is a little bit more personal, but like, what are some pre-meet rituals that you have? Do you uh, have any of those? So, as a team, like, we always run um, two to three miles before me, do some calisthenics, and personally, like, I'll do some of my own little drills, and I'll say a quick prayer before I race, and then, yeah, then it's good to go. What's kind of your mindset when it comes to when it comes to running? Like, what's what's your what's your end goal? What's going on in your mind when you're when you're just going? Uh, it varies from race to race. Sometimes I'm like out there like hey let's just have a good time like let's make this fun let's run fast and sometimes I'm just out there like almost like I'm going to battle it's like hey like I need to pass like 10 people to get my team to stay or like I need to drop this time so we can get into this meet right yeah so there are different mindsets for like different types of races so yeah thank you for joining us on the podcast today hopefully you've had a good time so uh Grant Wilson ladies and gentlemen thanks for having me no problem all right, now that we have that interview out of the way, we're going to start with professional slash college sports. And one of the biggest sports going on right now is college basketball. Big game last night at the time of this recording. I think big may be a little bit of an un- a little bit maybe a little bit of an understatement. Excuse me. Uh, that it was a massive game. President Obama was there at the game. Right. Yeah. There was just a ton of crowd. Wildest I've ever heard a college basketball game. Duke versus North Carolina. It had. Just all the media hype, everything, and it ended up kind of being a dud a little bit because the obvious 30 seconds into the game, Zion Williamson, the superstar player that ESPN can't stop talking about, he uh, busted through his shoe. Yep, busted through his shoe and got injured and uh, had to leave the game and suffered knee injury from that, so he did not come back that game. Do you know what shoes Zion wears? What kind? What brand? If they're Nike, Nike, LeBron's. they're Paul George. Paul George, no, that's right, not yeah. good for Paul George brand. Right. Yeah. Not not for the brand there. Exactly. Yeah. So North Carolina took advantage of that just 
Duke looked really shaken up. The players just didn't look focused. And uh, the, at the end of the first half, Duke trailed 42-32, and I believe R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish had 30 of those 32 points. Yeah, they so, absolutely carry that Duke team. It's, Duke is really a team that's carried by the big stars, and those are uh, Zion Williamson, who went down, R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish. And then when you have Zion that's going down, he's averaging about, I don't know, 20 points a game, yeah. a bunch of rebounds. So when, when you're losing that, then and you're going up against a team like Carolina, who's already one of the better teams in college basketball, you're losing that so that it makes sense why they, they were going down early. And now there's some speculation that maybe Zion might be done for the year in college football, uh, college basketball, sorry, and might just go to the NFL draft for um, NBA draft. I'm in a football mindset. Yes, right you now. are. So, yeah, there might be a chance that he's – he sits out for the rest of the season, and no pun intended, but can Duke rebound from this horrible loss? I think they can. You know, Krzyzewski is a coach. He used to coach at the Army way back in the day. Uh, he, he always runs a strong team, and I think that this whole this whole uh, Duke team, uh, they know how to bounce back from adversity. Uh, I think they'll be fine. Uh, whether they'll, they're the odds-on favorite to win the tournament anymore, that's debatable with Zion. I think they would be. Now, who knows? Right, I think yeah. it's a little bit more open. It it's opens kind the of game. Mystery right now. But I think that Duke Duke will be fine whether they win the whether they win uh, the championship or not. Who knows? Uh, I think that we could see uh, at minimum probably elite eight for for Duke. Right. Yeah. So next big game this week: IU versus Purdue. Purdue got the forty eight to forty six win, S- swept the season series with IU. First one that was in that was at West Lafayette was a blowout. Second one. This was a very close and physical game right here, and it was uh, it was a showdown for the ages. Both teams played really hard, but in the end, Purdue got the win. So now Purdue is tied for first. They're in a three-way tie for first in the Big Ten right now. Michigan, Michigan State, and Purdue are the top teams. And IU, unfortunately, this season has gone about as further – far south as it possibly can, as they're sitting right at 512th in the Big Ten. Not exactly what they were going for at the beginning of the season. The Hoosiers were hyped up. Romeo Langford, the new blood coming into uh, to IU, and he hasn't exactly hasn't exactly panned out, has he, Jake? He's done a solid job. You can't blame him for everything. Sometimes sometimes he, he's a freshman. He's like 18, 19 years old. I think he's 18, and he's had to carry the team a lot. Too. like sometimes he's one of the only players that's actually doing stuff and you know he's just been playing inconsistent he's he's a gr- really good player he has a lot of talent but I just think he maybe needs one more year of college to develop I think that could be possible whether and with, that whether what that would do to his draft stock is is a question um, but right now I don't know if he would be a high first round pick with the, with the seasons he's right the yeah he's had maybe a mid 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 first round pick um, but and plus he might benefit from playing with players like Tracy Davis Jackson uh, who's coming in from Center Grove or I think Armand Franklin I'm not sure if he's committed to IU or not for guy I think he is he's coming in from uh, Cathedral High School so hopefully he'll. If he, maybe if he stays one more year, he'll benefit from playing around some other tougher guys. But Romeo, he's getting a lot of unnecessary hate. But I know, like, going into more of a college football thing, that when Matt Barkley was in USC uh, a long time ago, when he was a junior, um, he was probably a top three pick in the NFL draft. Right, decided yeah. to go back to USC, ended up falling out of the first round because of a 
pretty poor senior season. And an injury, yeah. That's and and, why and he, then he went into the second round. That's the risk you run here in college basketball with running a second season. You could hurt your draft stock with an injury. If you have something like a Michael Porter Jr. where you tear your ACL in like the first game, your, your season and possibly your NBA chance is about toast. Right, yeah. Now that we've talked a little bit about that, NBA trade deadline, we covered that last episode. Not a lot's happening right now. We got the three front runners for MVP right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, and Paul George. So Giannis is averaging 27.2 points per game, 12.7 rebounds, and 6 assists. Harden with 36.6, 6 6.7, 7, and 7.7, and Paul George with 28.7, 8, and 4.1. So who do you think would you take for your MVP this year? All of these guys have been absolutely incredible for their teams. Um, Giannis has really carried the Bucks. Harden's carried the Rockets. And, and Paul George has been the leader more than Russell Westbrook on that Thunder team. Right, yeah. Um, and, and all of them have just had an, an insane seasons. So and when you look at the numbers first, Harden, the first thing that comes out to you is the 36.6 points a game. That's absolutely insane. Um, but I think I think my pick is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, 27.2 points a game, 12.7 rebounds, 6 assists. That's one heck of a season for a power forward, and especially a guy who's really carrying the Bucks team to the number one team in the NBA right now. And I think that uh, I think that they're the team to beat, and I think that he's the best player in the NBA at this moment in time. Right, yeah. Giannis has done a great job, but I think I might have to go with James Harden just with the, that point total right there. Carrying the Rockets. The Rockets had a... Very rocky start to the season. They did not look very good. But then James Harden has exploded, and he is carrying that Houston Rockets team to the playoffs. He's having a, I don't want to say this, this might sound a little bit blasphemous or something like a Kobe Bryant-like season. Seems like with all that points being put up. Back in, uh, I think, 2006, that year Kobe Bryant like averaged 35 points per game, and he scored 81 against the Raptors. He hasn't done anything that extreme, but James Harden has been playing out of his mind this year. Uh, he has been he has been absolutely lights out this season. Let, let's go to uh, the NHL with Jake. Right, yeah, the NHL. So the trade deadline's coming right up. Some uh, big names: Matt Duchesne on the Ottawa Senators. The Senators were expected to be terrible this year, and they have been just that. They're the worst team in the league by far, and. The Sins aren't looking like they're going to sit him, and they're probably so that they don't risk injury if they could trade him for the highest value. And then, of course, there's Panarin over in Columbus. He got sick, and there's just some drama going on whether they're going to ship him out or not because I'm not sure if he wants to go back to Columbus. And they're kind of falling apart right now. There's some drama there. And speaking of Columbus, like in the Metro Division, the Islanders are at the top division despite the loss of Tavares. And they're looking to win that division. And then, of course, my squad, the Penguins, they're, they're near the top. They're third-place division right now. They're very inconsistent. They're out of a playoff spot a couple days ago, but now they're back in. And, the, of course, the Carolina Hurricanes, who can make it back into the playoffs for the first time in 10 years, which is absolutely crazy. So, and now let's talk a little bit more about Tampa Bay Lightning. They have 96 points right now in the standings. It's been a historic season for the Tampa Bay Lightning as they're like on pace to finish like with 128 points. They won 45 of their first 60 games. The Lightning are just on fire right now, doing a great job. And Patrick Kane on the Chicago Blackhawks. The Blackhawks, people are talking about how they're all done, but Patrick Kane 
has brought them back into the playoff picture as weak as the West is with a crazy point streak spanning out to 19 games. He's having arguably the best stretch of his career right now. And then the last big story at the NHL is the St. Louis Blues. Oh, yeah. My team, my squad, Right, Blues. yeah. They look dead in the water. They were third to last in the league about we a month ago. We were terrible about oh, a month yeah. ago. Yeah, Absolutely but, awful. But now they got an 11-game win streak. Went from one of the one of the worst teams, and with the West, the West is really top-heavy right now, looking like a near-playoff lock, third in the Central Division, along with Winnipeg and Nashville. So uh, Now, Jake, that just shows in, in sports how much a, a single run can really carry a team. Right, yeah. Uh, something similar happened with my squad earlier this year. The Penguins looked dead in the water this year. It was it was awful. Like the goaltending was terrible. Matt Murray's getting injured. They weren't scoring points. And then they won at the Washington Capitals and then won, rattled off eight straight wins and now the Penguins are back to looking like the same old Penguins. So it's looking good. But then the Blues, they have uh they're led by Jordan Bennington, the rookie goalie who no one really knows who he was. I think he like he has a nine three four save percentage. Just absolutely crazy how successful he's been. And, of course, Vladimir Tarasenko, one of the most flashy players in the NHL. He's been keeping it up. He, I think, has an 11-game point streak. Not quite as long as Patrick Kane's, but he's been doing a great job. Now uh, let's talk about the NFL and the offseason right now. Yeah, Joe Flacco uh, traded to the Broncos. I don't know if this is exactly a move up from Case Keenum for uh, GM John Elway. Seems like Elway, what he's trying to do is just sign old guys as quarterbacks. He's not very good at developing quarterbacks. Right, yeah. uh, Peyton Manning, Case Keenum, and now here we are with, with Joe Flacco. His, his experiments, Brock Osweiler and, uh, and uh, Paxton Lynch have, uh, for better lack of a better term, have Peyton not, Manning. not worked. Peyton Manning worked fine. Yeah, he Peyton Manning great. was great, but that's because he's the biggest fish in the free agency pool literally ever. Um, and, then, and then we're going to go ahead and go to Antonio Brown. He demanded a trade, and the Steelers are going to trade him. Yes, they are. Uh, also, some off-the-field issues were uh, a little bit of domestic violence in there uh, that, that, that came out. Not, not good. Pushing his, uh, his girlfriend, I think it was. Yeah. And then there's, uh, there's this issue earlier this year where he was throwing furniture off his balcony and nearly hit a toddler. Yeah. So, unfortunately there. And plus, Antonio Brown, he's kind of being a drama queen. Really? And did you hear really the nickname is. he wants people to start calling him? What is that? Mr. Big Chest, if I believe. Yep, they want to start. Yeah, he's being a diva. Oh, that's a that's a mistake. Yep. Um, so <laughs> let's, uh, let's go ahead and say, where do you think Mr. Antonio Brown will end up? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Whoever is going to have to get him. Why, like, his talent is undeniable. Undeniable. But... With that, they're going to have to deal with one of the worst attitudes in the league. Like, I kind of see this as a Randy Moss situation, if you remember. Back in 04, he's causing problems with the Vikings. And then he was traded to the Oakland Raiders. And then Oakland, he just caused problems. He didn't, he didn't go to practice sometimes. He called out teammates. He was just kind of a team cancer. Went then, to the New England Patriots, was taught the Patriot way, became the receiver we all know him to be today. Right, yeah. He was great in Minnesota. It looks like his career was just about as twilight in uh, Oakland, but then he recovered. 
And I'm afraid that whoever the trades big for boss Antonio Randy Brown, Moss, I think that Antonio Brown will probably end up getting traded relatively soon. I've maybe to a team like San Francisco. I'm hearing a lot of San Francisco rumors. I've been hearing a lot of San Francisco rumors too, but I also think that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots will be hot on the tails of the Pittsburgh Steelers for Antonio Brown. I wouldn't be surprised if Antonio Brown ends up in a Patriot jersey next year. Oh, gosh. I don't even want to think about that. That depresses me. Now let's talk about Kareem Hunt, who signed with the Cleveland Browns. Don't know why they needed him. I mean... Just I mean, their running game wasn't fantastic this they year. Had, Carlos Hyde uh, didn't turn out exactly. Nick Chubb did. How they wanted to. Though. Nick Chubb almost had a thousand yard season. He hadn't a thousand yard season until he had a negative five yard rush against the Ravens. Uh, he had a one thousand yard season. Uh, I think it was like nine hundred ninety five or something like that. Yeah, and he only started yards. like and he, he was fantastic. But I guess I, I I do get wanting to get a big name in there. Uh, Baker Mayfield wants the kind of flashy, and that's kind of what Haslam has tried to give him, some of the flashier players in the NFL. Um, and I think that that's, that's what happened here. Uh, whether whether you agree with it morally or not, that's that's up to you. Um, but it, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely a hot topic and, and was breaking news, absolutely, when it came out. And speaking of breaking news, I'm going to go off script for a minute. Um, as ESPN has just published a story, Jer, uh, Jim Beheim, the coach of Syracuse, was involved in a fatal car accident. He did not die. He was behind the wheel of a car that hit a hit and killed a pedestrian on the interstate Wednesday night in Syracuse. Oh my! Uh, a guy named Jorge Jimenez, who was 51, was outside a car on Interstate 690. The vehicle was involved in an unrelated accident due to bad weather. Jimenez was a passenger, which uh, which struck the guardrail and came to rest. Uh, they exited the vehicle and moved to the side of the road. Bayheim's car attempted to avoid the vehicle on the road and struck Jimenez after 11 p.m. on Wednesday. Now, that's just an unfortunate situation. It's always sad to see news like that. And just um, our thoughts and prayers out to, uh, to the families involved, to uh, Jorge Jimenez and uh, anyone involved in that right there. So uh, now let's talk about the MLB Manny Machado finally signs. One of the biggest news of the sports world of the week. Signs with the Padres a $300 million contract for oh, 10 My years. goodness. He's like making $18 a minute. Yeah, he is. He's making about, I think, something like $3,000 a game yes, that's for the next 10 years. That's absolutely insane. 162-game season there. Um, and, and the Padres have already started selling for a brief time uh, Machado jerseys. Right. That uh, that they started to they started to have and and with a player that that is as good as Manny Machado, I I see why Padres fans are excited. It looks like uh, that that whole rebuilding thing they were trying to do uh, didn't exactly didn't exactly work. Right. Yeah. The, the Padres had kind of a gruesome experiment going on for a while. I saw a video on YouTube called like San Diego San Diego Padres a gruesome experiment, but with that signing, the Padres actually had some pretty good. Uh, has has a pretty good farm system, so I actually don't mind the signing. It's okay. I think it's okay to overpay for a name as big as that. Yeah. Because you got a lot of young farm players that are going to be coming up in the next few years. I think that the Padres could end up doing a, something really special in the next few years. I'm not sure if it's going to be this year. I I think it'll probably be another 
70 win, barely 70 win season for San Diego this year. But in the next few years, the Padres are going to be pretty good. Yeah, because you really have to develop that time. talent. And it's going to be a first time in a very long time, well, since Tony Gwynn, that, uh, that the Padres were good. Right. And, wow. uh, and now we're going to go ahead and talk about uh, Bryce Harper. Uh, uh, still unsigned. He is the only one of the. There are a ton of baseball free agents left, Jake. Let's right, not. Yeah. We're just focusing on these two, but there are Adam a Wainwright. ton of free agents. Yeah, Adam Wainwright says that he thinks that there might be a strike coming up soon, just because these player team negotiations and all these long absences. But yeah, Bryce Harper right now is saying there are some strong Phillies rumors going on with Bryce Harper. Yeah, there are. And uh, there's not really that much else on his news. I have a feeling that he'll sign pretty soon since Machado finally signed. Just please sign eventually. And now let's move on to school sports, the boys' basketball team. They uh, lost to Brownsburg on Friday, which is um, it's unfortunate, but they're going to learn how to how to learn from that experience and then get even better. They had a sectional draw, and they will be playing Westfield game one of sectional. What do you think about that, Tristan? That's an excellent draw for the HSC boys. They already beat Westfield this year. It's one of the best draws they can get. And then uh, depending on what happens next week, they'll, they'll play, uh, I believe, Anderson. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it, it looks like whoever they win, if, if they win, they'll be able to go up against a pretty pretty decent team for the for the matchup, they could get into the they, it, depending on what happens. Is Carmel in the sectional. Carmel is in the sectional, but they are going. Yes. But it's going to be a Carmel Fishers matchup if they both win. So if 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 Fishers does knock off Carmel, we have showed that we can beat Fishers. That's not happening. I, it, Carmel's it, not Fishers isn't beating Carmel. I because the main sign that showed me that was when Warren Central played Carmel and. Warren Central got dominated. I thought Warren was going to win that game. Carmel's a lot better than I thought that they were, but this this is looking like, like a very good team right now. I think HSC they got they're going to have their a lot to deal with when they play some of the more tougher teams, but I think that they can end up doing pretty well. They can they can surprise some people. And going from boys basketball to girls basketball, our girls basketball team is going to state on Saturday. Going to state. We're going up against Lawrence North. That will be on Fox Sports Indiana and IHSAA.tv. Yeah, make sure actually, yeah, make sure you wear blue, support the girls, go all out in supporting the HC girls basketball team bringing a state championship back here. That would be awesome. And they've consistently showed that they're one of the best teams in the state, that they're, pro- they're the best team in the state. I think that they can get that win against Lawrence North. It's going to be tough. It's gonna, there's going to be a lot of adver- – there might be some adversity, but I believe that they're going to get that win. Yeah, Sydney Parrish, Malia Jackson, uh, Amaya Hamilton, Taya Irvin, Molly Walton, all of them, they're going to be out. Lydia Self, the six, man, six woman on the, on the defense – uh, they'll all be they'll all be out and they'll all be uh, working and uh, I think that uh, no I don't want to jinx it because I have a bad case of announcers jinx but I think that uh, HC could knock on wood uh, get get the win right yeah we've been talking about for a while how we think this girls basketball team is is gonna win a state championship hopefully that'll happen now let's go into girls swimming which wrapped up two weeks ago I believe they finished eighth at state out of all those teams. Great season Impressive. for the girls. They did a great job. Second place at sectionals, eighth place at state. They did a good job. 
the senior class for the girls team left behind a great impact for the team. Great job to the Lady Royals swimming team. So now with the boys swimming team, they took home a sectional championship, beating Fishers by a lot. Fishers was their main opponent in sectionals, and it, it wasn't even close. So, And not only that, but HC is going to be bringing a lot of people to state. With the diving, we got Nathan Barr and A.J. Rickifer representing the divers, so that's great. And then for some big names going to state, Blake Ratliff, of course, going there for the IM and the back, which is a great thing. Evan Sellers going for the 200 and 500 free. DJ Rogers going for the 50 and 100 free. Andrew Christopher going for the 50 and 100 fly. Connor Harrison going for IM and fly. Keegan Street going for 200 and 500 free. And Marcus Eaton going for the back. And, of course, all three relays made it to state. So that is super exciting to see all those people going to state. The HC boys swimming team has only had one loss this season, I believe, and that was to Carmel. But I think that HSC boys might end up having a chance of finishing top five in state. Most that definitely. Be, that would be excellent right there. Now we're going to go ahead and go to wrestling as state championships wrapped up last weekend. Andrew Eirich, fourth place in the state as a wrestler. Extremely impressive there. And then Jake Simone, eighth place. Great season from the HCU boys wrestling team as we had, I believe, four wrestlers that got into state. And then uh, there were three wrestlers that got into state and then multiple others that have gotten into regional, sectionals, uh, semi-state. Just absolutely incredible season for the boys wrestling team. I, I, and a lot of these guys are returning. Every single one of them, I believe, except Craig Kunkelman, will be back next year. So it looks like another season of really good for the boys wrestling team. Right, yeah, it's just exciting to see all this. This is a great time of season because we get to see all these royal achievements, all these teams making it to state, having a lot of representation. And now uh, now we're getting into spring sports season, which is pretty exciting too. So we'll get a lot more coverage of spring sports. So this is about it for today. Yep, we want to thank it. you for joining along. It's an exciting time here at HSE in the sports world and just in the sports world in general uh, and professional, Jake. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, wrap it up. We want to thank all of you guys for going ahead and listening. This has been the Royal Download with Tristan Fleur and Jake Williams. Peace out.